This episode includes depictions of graphic violence, addiction, and alcoholism. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Please note, the story you're about to hear is not a direct retelling of any one story of the Green Fairy. Today's episode combines aspects of a number of absinthe-related legends for dramatic effect. Hello everyone, I'm Vanessa Richardson, and welcome to Mythical Monsters, a Spotify original from Parcast. This week, we return to the liquor cabinet to find another booze-soaked beast. We've met the foster father of Dionysus and the hard-drinking cousin of a leprechaun, but now we approach a more modern monster. The Green Fairy originated as La Fée Verte, the French nickname for absinthe. Absinthe is a verdant green, incredibly strong liquor that was all the rage in the late 19th century. But this is no ordinary alcohol and no ordinary fay. She'll bring you to the height of artistic ecstasy and the depths of darkest despair. You'll see things you've never seen before, things that were never there at all. This is Mythical Monsters, hard-drinking horrors. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Coming up, we find a beautiful girl in a bottle. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. There's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like Ozempic. They're changing bodies. And all of a sudden, just the weight starts falling off. Fortunes. It just got too expensive. They're just bank breakers. And industries. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of skepticism. The impact of these drugs from business to health is just beginning. From the journal, Trillion Dollar Shot. Find it in the journal feed wherever you get your podcasts. There are certain illicit substances that are forever associated with an era. Hippies had LSD, the Victorians had opium, and the the turn-of-the-century French had absinthe. The drink was so beloved at the time that 5 p.m. was known as Le Verte, the Green Hour. It's unclear who first called absinthe the Green Fairy, but by the 1870s, the name was ubiquitous. 
The fairy was soon depicted in essays, advertisements, and political cartoons. One of absinthe's major draws was its potency. It can contain up to 89.9% alcohol, meaning that to drink it, one has to dilute it. The ritual of diluting absinthe using sugar, ice water, and a specialized spoon is called la louche. With each drop of water, the green liquid changes from translucent to milky and opaque. But that isn't the only element of the drink that seems magical. Absinthe's flavor is derived from Artemisia absinthium, also known as the wormwood plant. Wormwood contains a chemical called thujone, which supposedly has mind-bending properties. This made absinthe a favorite of Paris's turn-of-the-century avant-garde. Writers, painters, musicians, and rebels of all kinds partook in Lure Verte, chasing their green fairy to new artistic heights. But she also had a dark side. Doctors reported treating drinkers for hallucinations and epileptic fits. So follow the fairy if you dare, but beware as looks can be deceiving. A small drop of sweat slid down Lucienne's spine. She'd been sitting by the front window of La Nouvelle Athene for three hours, so Edouard could sketch her hat. All right, Lucy, he said. If you could pour, please. Lucienne looked down at the green bottle in front of her. She had never drank absinthe before. She tried to subtly observe the others around her. It looked like a simple pour at first, like wine. But then people started doing strange things with spoons and sugar and water. She told herself she'd cross that bridge when she came to it and reached for the bottle. The absinthe glittered in the sunlight. She could see the rest of the cafe through the bottle, changing the customers into strange green creatures. She wanted to dismiss it as a trick of the light, but there was something off about it. Their ears were pointed, their noses turned upward. When they laughed, their teeth were longer than they should be. A foppish-looking gentleman sat opposite a colorfully dressed woman. His tongue flicked out between his teeth like a snake. Lucienne blinked, and they were normal again. The gentleman was kissing the girl's hand. Lucy, we're losing the light. Edouard was verging on annoyed. Sorry. Lucienne returned her attention to giving the bottle a long pour. The absinthe looked like liquid emeralds as it pooled in the glass. It was hypnotizing. Chin up, Lucy, Edouard said gently. Lucienne lifted her head. A woman's eye winked at her from the bottom of the glass. She peered into it, curious. The green iris drew her in until... Edouard let out a quiet, almost plaintive curse. We've lost the light. I'm sorry, I must go. Lucienne perked up. To meet Artur? How is he? When do I get to meet him? Edouard was seeing a brilliant poet who was very famous for his temper tantrums. He shushed her quickly. A little discretion, please? You're making me regret telling you. Lucienne tried to hide her hurt. 
She'd asked Edouard to introduce her to his famous lover on many occasions, but he always demurred, insisting that the bon vivant was a very private person. She was beginning to think he was ashamed of her. He was rushing away when she asked, Same time tomorrow? Edouard gave her a small smile. Same table, too. He nodded to the absinthe. Try the green fairy, on me. He rushed out the door before she could protest, leaving Lucienne alone with the strange green bottle and mysterious glass. She crouched down to bring her eyes even with the absinthe. There were no creatures to see, no winking eyes. Lucienne figured it couldn't hurt. She'd wanted to be the toast of Paris after all, and this was what toasts of Paris did. She observed the guests around her. They placed their large spoons over their glasses, resting a sugar cube atop them. Then they poured cold, clear water over it. She did her best to mimic them. Lucienne watched the sugar dissolve in the cool water. Each drop left behind a small, milky shape when it hit the surface. The white cloud spread, changing the green, luminous emerald to precious moonstone. Lucienne took a sip. The green anise flavor exploded on her tongue, chased by the sparks of strong alcohol. A voice whispered in her ear, Beautiful, isn't it? Lucienne jumped. There was a woman sitting beside her. She wore a sage green evening gown. Her wild red hair was piled high on her head, and her shoulders were scandalously bare. Magnificent, glittering wings extended out behind her, green and translucent, just like the glass of the bottle or the liquid in her hand. She'd heard of absinthe's hallucinogenic properties, but she'd never expected her mind to conjure the actual green fairy, and she'd only had one sip. The wings twitched, wafting the scent of licorice in their wake. It's why he painted you with it. It brings out the green in your eyes. May I join you? Lucienne blinked. There had only been one glass of absinthe on the table before. Now, there were two. She found herself bringing the drink to her lips again, mirroring the beautiful woman. She took another sip, longer this time. It went down so smoothly. Lucienne understood why people drank it every day. Were you watching us, Edouard and me? The woman with the fairy wings smiled. I'm familiar with his work and his Artur. Why hasn't he introduced you two? Lucienne spoke before she meant to. I don't know. I thought we were friends, but he doesn't want me to meet his famous poet. Perhaps there's too much of the country in me. The fairy shook her head. No, that's not it. He's just shy. Come now, let's finish our glasses and go see him. What's the worst that could happen? Lucienne blanched. Edouard was always very insistent that she stay away. She wasn't even supposed to know they were together. If Artur became angry with her, he could end her career in a heartbeat. She'd be a pariah. The fairy spoke as if she heard Lucienne's thoughts. But what's the best that could happen? Lucienne was at a loss. The fairy winked at her. 
A vision of her success came to her in a flash of green lightning. She'd dress so beautifully that she would impress Artur and Edouard in the same stroke. She'd become the most famous muse of the Parisian art world. Artur would write poems about her, and Edouard would ask to paint her on the spot. He would call her Lucienne, not Lucy, and all would be right with the world. Lucienne hiccuped. <laughs> would you be my fairy godmother? The green fairy smiled, flashing the same sharp teeth Lucienne had seen through the bottle. It would be my pleasure, mon petit chou. All you have to do is drink. Coming up, the green fairy gets under Lucienne's skin. Hi, I'm Christine Schiefer. And I'm M. Schultz. We're the hosts of Rituals, the new Spotify original from Parcast. If you've heard our podcast and that's why we drink, you know we are no strangers to true crime and the paranormal. We're also into the occult uh, to chat about, not to join, but, you know, to, to learn and educate. <laughs> Every Monday on Rituals, we're journeying through mystifying stories of sorcery, alchemy, Satanism, and more, and trying to determine if the dark arts of the past impact us today. Like weather witches? Who were they? Or the Fountain of Youth? Address, please. <laughs> Don't forget about werewolf trials, Em. Objection, Christine. Let's not give too much away. And instead, let's tell everyone to follow our new podcast, Rituals, free and only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. Lucienne had never had absinthe before. She wasn't sure what was normal. She assumed seeing an actual green fairy wasn't a standard part of the experience, but the woman by her side was just so pretty to look at. They moved swiftly through the streets of Paris, towards the only hotel that her friend Edouard's famous boyfriend hadn't been thrown out of. Hotel d'Alsace had a winding central staircase. You could poke your head out into the oval-shaped gap and see all the way to the skylight. A sea of stars twinkled above them. Lucienne had never felt so beautiful and talented. She deserved to meet Artur. Really, she did. The fairy wrapped her arms around Lucienne's middle lovingly as she knocked on the door to Edouard and Artur's room. The fairy whispered in her ear, You're going to be great. Lucienne turned to thank her, but she was gone. The door opened in front of Lucienne. Who are you? The man standing in front of her was barely a man at all. He couldn't have been a year or two older than Lucienne. His short hair was wild and fluffy. His wide eyes were the deepest green. There was a strange air to him, as if he knew things Lucienne didn't. This had to be Artur. Lucienne tried to stand up straight. I'm a 
friend of Edouard's. I thought I'd pay him a visit. Artur leaned so far forward that she could smell the cigarettes and anise on his breath. Look at those green eyes. Come in. Edouard emerged in a dressing gown. Lucy, how are you? He kissed her on both cheeks. A flush of relief moved through her. He wasn't angry. The green fairy had been right. Artur darted about the room, collecting various glasses, cups, and bottles onto a tray. Let's go to the roof. The sky is beautiful this time of night. Edouard took on a warning tone Lucienne had never heard before. You've had enough, darling. Artur laughed, but there was a bitterness to his voice. <laughs> there is never enough. There can never be. Not when there is truth to find. But Edouard was unmoved. This is why I don't bring people over. Once you start drinking, you go too far. Lucienne felt a warm breath on her cheek. The fairy whispered in her ear, A lover's spat. How embarrassing. Help them out, dear. Lucienne found herself wrapping her arms around Edouard, just as the fairy had. Words left her mouth, but they didn't feel like hers. Come now, what's the matter with a little fun? Edouard didn't lean into her embrace, but he didn't pull away either. It's never fun with him, not for long. Lucienne purred in his ear, or maybe it wasn't Lucienne at all. Even she wasn't sure. But I'm here, and I will help manage him. She felt Edouard waver. It was all it took. Lucienne grabbed Edouard's hand and tugged him up to the roof. Artur slurred his words as he set down the tray. I took wild up here last week, fell asleep. <laughs> Beauty is wasted on the English. Irish, whatever. He bent down close to the absinthe glasses to make sure he didn't spill a single drop. Lucienne felt the fairy's hand on her back. She whispered in Lucienne's ear once again. You're doing well. Have more. Lucienne wasn't one to argue, especially when her hand was pouring without her telling it to. She clinked glasses with Artur and took a sip of her drink. He downed his in one gulp. She had to keep up, so she followed suit. Artur poured her another, then another. Edouard leaned toward her. You said you would help. Lucienne knew he was right. She should stop. She wanted to stop, but the fairy was pressing on her whispering, sweet as a sugar cube melted on a spoon. I am helping. You're just no fun. Edouard couldn't see how beautiful the world was, how green and vibrant. I like this girl, Artur said, and that is a very rare thing. Dance with me. He grabbed hold of Lucienne before she could stop him. He took her on a too-fast waltz along the roof. The night bloomed into verdant color, like they were dancing in that precious green bottle. The stars smiled down from above, devilish tongues poking through their sharp teeth. 
she felt the fairy's touch again, her soft lips. She took the lead sometimes, changing Artur's direction so they were spinning like children. The three of them laughed. Thank you, Lucienne whispered to the air. Whoever you are. Artur brought his lips close to her ear. You see her too, don't you? The fairy? Lucienne stopped their dance, staring at him. You see her? Edouard groaned. Not this again. Artur, what have I said about confusing poetry with life? Artur growled at him. Poetry is life. You're just no fun. Lapsant broadens the mind, shows us hidden truths, the past, the future, everything in the world, and more. Edouard scoffed. Ugh, this word fun. What does it actually mean? Because I'm growing to think that it means playing nursemaid while you fall down, destroy things, and, quite frankly, waste your gifts. Lucienne bared her teeth without meaning to. They were too long, too sharp. She spoke in that voice that wasn't her own again. You just don't understand. Teach him, Artur, teach him. Artur smiled and strolled up to Edouard. He took him by the hand and began the waltz again. Edouard protested. Stop it, Artur, stop it. Lucienne was struggling to see straight. Artur and Edouard turned like green leaves in the wind, faster and faster, up and away. She felt the fairy's warmth against her, curve against curve. Isn't it beautiful? She said. Yes, Lucienne replied, breathless. The two men moved in wider and wider circles, closer and closer to the edge of the building. A faraway voice at the very back of her mind told Lucienne to cry out, but the fairy was holding her, and the moon was full, and the world was perfect. Artur spun Edouard to the very edge of the building, and then, suddenly, Edouard was airborne. For an instant, Edouard was flying through space, suspended against the moon, the same color as that milky absinthe. Lucienne laughed with delight. He'd finally given in, embraced the magic like her and Artur. She saw the fairy holding the back of his cloak, grinning, flapping those beautiful licorice-scented wings. Then the fairy let go. The impact was quieter than Lucienne expected, like a melon dropping from a truck on the way to market. But then came the screams. It took a moment for Lucienne to realize she was screaming too. She rushed to the edge, calling Edouard's name. Artur stood beside her, mouth hanging open. A crowd formed below. She turned to Artur. What have you done? Artur didn't answer. He went for the absinthe again. The green fairy appeared behind his right shoulder. You! Lucienne yelled. She lunged to grab her, but the fairy slipped through her fingers like liquid. The door to the roof burst open, and the gendarme pulled her and Arthur apart. Lucienne tried to tell them what happened. Then Artur spoke. She killed my friend, messieurs. And she tried to kill me. Lucienne screamed that it wasn't true, 
but they were already taking her away. Artur winked at her. His eyes were the most unnatural shade of green. Coming up, Lucienne's absinthe-soaked dream becomes a nightmare. Now back to the story. Lucienne pulled against the gendarme's grip as they carried her off the roof of the Hotel d'Alsace. The trouble with being a nobody around a famous poet was that everyone believed the poet over you. They clapped her in irons like she was in the Three Musketeers. They stripped her of her clothes and sprayed her with cold water before unceremoniously dumping her in a cell. People had seen her drinking absinthe alone at La Nouvelle à Ten. It was a sign of her immorality. They said she'd been selling herself to Artur and Edouard, that she'd reached above her station and demanded favors. When Edouard resisted, she killed him. It was absurd, utterly absurd. Yet they all believed it. She was to go to the guillotine. Every night, she cried out to the green fairy. Lucienne begged her to tell them what really happened, or at least to come to her. If she couldn't be free, she wanted this pain gone. But she didn't have any absinthe, so she was alone. The day of her execution arrived. She was dressed in white, her hair braided so it would be easier to hold her severed head. The jailer asked her if she wanted anything before they went to the scaffold. Lucienne figured there was no harm in asking. Absinthe, please. The jailer laughed and told her he'd do what he could. Two hours later, as the sun rose, he brought a bottle to her cell. You're a nice girl. I've got you the sugar and everything. He gave her cheap absinthe, a metal cup, a tea strainer, and a carafe of muddy water. It was nothing like what Lelouch was supposed to be, but it was absinthe. It was a chance to see the green fairy. The cloudy water barely melted the sugar cube, but still the absinthe went from green to creamy white. Lucienne downed it in one gulp. Warmth returned to Lucienne's limbs. She felt a familiar tingle, the feeling of safety, the soft press of a kiss on her ear. The green fairy appeared beside her. Lucienne babbled, You're here, guards, please, she's here, she'll tell you what happened. But no one came. The fairy shook her head, disappointed. It is almost your end, Lucienne. You're nothing to them now. You never were to begin with. Lucienne bristled. That's not true. You're lying. The fairy's face hardened more than a human's could. Her cheekbones looked like green glittering steel, her jaw like jade. I never lie. I reveal the truth others hide. Lucienne fought back tears. How could you do that to Edouard? To Artur? They loved each other. <laughs> they hated each other and loved. I only showed Artur the truth, that Edouard would never understand his need to see the beauty in the world. He decided what to do after that. Lucienne slumped. 
She'd never felt so alone. She looked up at the green fairy. Stay with me? The fairy's eyes flashed. I wouldn't miss it for the world. The ride to the killing grounds was bumpy. The image of the green fairy flickered with each jolt of the cart. The fairy herself didn't react at all. She only stood, invisible to everyone else, a serene smile on her face. The crowd was restless. They wanted to see the murderess die. The executioners carried Lucienne up to the scaffold. No opportunity for last words. They shoved her head through the perfect wooden circle. The heavy blade above sparkled in the sunlight. Tears flooded Lucienne's eyes. It wasn't fair. It wasn't fair at all. She looked out to the crowd to see the green fairy offering her a silent toast of green, glowing absinthe. The executioner lifted the rope holding the blade. Then he let go. The green fairy blew her a kiss and took a sip of her drink as the blade descended. Then... The sun was shining, golden hour at La Nouvelle à Ten. Lucienne looked around, confused. Was she dead? What was going on? The bottle of absinthe stood on the table, the filled glass beside it. Edouard, her poor, precious Edouard, was painting her. She wanted to dive across the café to embrace him. But even as she stared at him, her memories felt hazy and hard to grasp. She'd met Artur. Had they been on a roof? Hadn't something terrible happened? She looked down at her hands. There were no marks of iron on her wrists from weeks of imprisonment. She must have dozed off while he was drawing her. That was it. It was only a strange dream, a hallucination brought on by the absinthe. Yet it had felt so real. Edouard poked his head out around the easel. If you could take another sip, Lucy. You couldn't pay Lucienne to drink absinthe again, not for all the gold in Versailles. But against her will, her hand lifted the cloudy glass. Lucienne took a sip, holding the pose for Edouard to document. She felt the weight of the green fairy next to her, smelled her licorice scent, felt that painful push in her mind. Isn't life beautiful? The fairy whispered. Now, let's try that again. Today, we know that the adverse effects of absinthe are greatly exaggerated. Thujone, the hallucinogenic chemical, essentially dwindles to nothing after absinthe is put through its usual dilution process. If you are drinking undiluted absinthe, Thujone might not be your biggest problem. Absinthe's high alcohol content is generally more dangerous, as drinking too much could invite severe alcohol poisoning. Both it and long-term alcoholism can result in hallucinations and seizures, whether the drink is derived from wormwood or not. But the rise and fall of absinthe has more to do with sociology than chemistry. 
Artists and intellectuals loved absinthe, so their misbehavior and rebellion was blamed on the Green Fairy. One scandal around the green liquor involved Impressionist Edgar Degas. His 1875 oil painting, In a Café, depicts two of his friends, actress Hélène André and fellow artist Marcelin Debouton. Marcelin has a glass of wine and a pipe, Hélène has a glass of absinthe, while the couple sit side by side, they seem to not notice the other is there. Hélène looks both sleepy and sad. In a cafe met with vast public disapproval for both the artist and his subjects, Degas had to clarify that none of them were alcoholics. He'd wanted to demonstrate a societal problem, not a personal one. But it seems the Parisian moralists preferred to blame the avant-garde. If they could limit fault to a certain class of people, they never had to ask what the root cause of alcoholism was. The Green Fairy was a symbol of liberation for intellectuals. To conservatives, she was an evil siren, pulling fathers and mothers away from their responsibilities and driving the youth of France to ruin. But the simple truth was that the Green Fairy was just absinthe, and absinthe was just alcohol. Alcohol was just as safe and just as dangerous as it had always been. This is best phrased in a quote that is usually attributed to Oscar Wilde, another fan of the Green Fairy. After the first glass of absinthe, you see things as you wish they were. After the second, you see them as they are not. Finally, you see things as they really are. And that is the most horrible thing in the world. Thanks for listening to Mythical Monsters. We'll be back next week with another hard-drinking horror. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. I'll see you next time. Mythical Monsters is a Spotify original from ParCast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythical Monsters was written by Lil D. Ritter and Jen Rache, with writing assistance by Molly Quinlan and Greg Castro, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Werewolves, witches, and Arthur Conan Doyle? Oh my! Sounds like fascinating topics to discuss on our new show, Rituals, Christine. You know what, Em? It sure does. Every Monday on Rituals, join us as we explore the evolution of spiritualism and the occult through stories, practices, and the impact on modern culture. If you've heard our podcast and that's why we drink, this is the perfect pairing for you. And if you haven't, go give us a try. Follow our Spotify original from ParCast, Rituals. Listen free only on Spotify. Spotify.